a contest is being waged in the Pacific, with foreign governments jostling to be the partner of choice. Australia, along with the United States, are working to build up the resilience of the region as China looks to expand its strategic ambitions. My next guest has taken a deep dive into all of this for the latest issue of Australian Foreign Affairs. Professor Rory Medcalf is the head of the National Security College at the Australian National University. He's written this essay and he joins us now. Welcome to breakfast. Good morning, Patricia. China's footprint in the Pacific is growing and it has been for some time. This is not new. What does Beijing want from the region? Well, I guess to put it simply, it wants what all uh, colonial powers want. It wants wealth, it wants access, uh, it wants power and influence. But of course, when we start breaking that down, it gets, um, it gets a bit more complicated. Okay, so let's break some things down. Just under a year ago, a controversial security pact was signed between the Solomon Islands and China. Australia was concerned about it. Have those worries come to fruition? Well, I think the the worries have only partly come to fruition um, largely as a consequence of the responses that Australia and others have made. I mean, the uh, the Solomon's security agreement with China was a wake-up call. It was a real alarm that China was potentially seeking a security presence in the region, which could be at the very least destabilising and at worst essentially a, a risk to Australia's interests, you know, a military, for example, presence um, off our eastern coast. Now, um, it hasn't if you like, fully manifests in that way yet, partly I think because Australia and others were so responsive. We've got you know, a series of agreements that Australian governments have signed, uh, most recently, of course, with, um, with, with Kiribati, but also Vanuatu and progress with, with PNG. We've had other countries, United States, Japan, uh, New Zealand, the Europeans, uh, as well as Australia, um, really stepping in to reassure the Pacific that there are many friends out there for their development and security. So this really is now game on. In your essay, you talk about the kind of role Australia can take to help dilute China's influence in the region, and you say an overbearing approach from Australia won't work, and a smarter strategy would be to engage a coalition to bolster the region's uh, you know, national institutions how does that differ from the current approach? Is Would you describe that as what this new Labor government is embarking on? Look, I, I think it's broadly in step with where our government's going. I mean, I think to you know, the enormous credit of this government, you know, this is, I think, the ninth visit that our foreign minister's made to the region. She was there last week, of course, in Fiji and, um, and Kiribati. But the I think the Australian position is that we are understandably, you know, the major donor, uh, the partner of choice for so many countries in the region, where my argue might differ a little from the position the government's taking at this stage is that I think we could do more to harness those many other players with an interest because also you think about the enormous investment that we are making and will make, we need to make sure that it's sustainable and that at every turn China cannot accuse Australia through its disinformation of acting like an old colonial player when, of course, uh, we are, if you like, a, a far more inclusive partner to the Pacific. So how would China react to what you say, uh, that, that it should harness the many other players? That'd obviously be, you know, that would be, a, that stepped up approach would be provocative, right? Well, look, to, 
to wind it back, of course, you know, we have to start with what Pacific Island countries want and the uh, the views and the voices of the Pacific are being heard loud and clear, whether it's through, through Pacific Islands Forum or through individual countries, the focus on climate, on health, the sorts of issues that very much our, our government's focused on at, at present. Meanwhile, there are the, all these other players I've mentioned, Japan, the United States uh, and, and, and others. I think it's not realistic to exclude China fully from the Pacific, and so we we can and should be reinforcing that view that we're not seeking a Pacific without China, we're simply seeking a Pacific that China cannot and will not dominate. And if this coalition approach, uh, this sea of many flags, as I call it in the essay, uh, many partners, mostly democracies, working with the many essentially democratic Pacific Island countries to set standards so that future aid projects, future infrastructure projects, future security uh, engagement has to meet a set of agreed standards. Now, if China meets those standards, frankly, China has changed to accommodate itself to the interests and values of uh, a democratic Pacific. If China doesn't meet those standards, then I guess uh, that answers the question. So this sea of many flags idea... uh this is, you say, you know, a, a little bit of a departure from what we're currently seeing. There's a real individual approach at the moment from us, right? Well, well I think what we've done firstly is restored, uh, in fact, even um, taken to a higher level, uh, great confidence in Australia as a, as a partner for Pacific countries. So that's that's good. We're also working very closely with the Pacific Island Forum, which essentially we've we've helped encourage the you know the restoration of through um, the return of. Of, of Kiribati to that organisation. But Australia now can build on some of the, frankly, some of the tradition of, of Labor governments in this country. If you think about the Cambodia peace process or if you think about you know, arms control agreements internationally where we take leadership in a way that is very inclusive and consultative and we're really, if you like, seeking to lead without, um, without dominance. We're seeking to harness um, and coordinate the resources of many others. And so I think a next step is for Australia to invest in that capability and and really be a hub for for dialogue and consultation. I mean, it could even be that we also work with partners in the Indian Ocean. If you think of all the Indian Ocean countries that have very similar challenges to the Pacific, uh, not only climate and, and health and uh, transnational crime, but that have in fact already encountered the downsides of China's presence in areas like, uh, if you like, debt and overfishing and so forth. And Australia has the potential to be really building uh, a dialogue or a council of all of these countries to set those common standards that will ensure that we're setting the terms for China's engagement in the Pacific and the broader Indo-Pacific rather than simply reacting every single time um, there's a new alarm about a security agreement. So I think this is about a... a uh, a, a, a subtle um, evolution of what Australia is doing, but the, um, the the great consultation that we've seen from the government and the fact that Australia is the country with a presence and a relationship with every Pacific partner positions us well for this next step as uh, as a hub. Very briefly, we've literally only got 30 seconds, but I want to touch on it. You reckon the private sector, civil society, media, universities, sports, churches, trade unions all need to step up. It can't just be the state. Why? That's right. And, 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 you know, specialists in the Pacific and this country have long made that case um, that, in fact, ours is the Pacific, the Pacific is ours to lose. We actually have these relationships. We just haven't 
fully harnessed and coordinated them in the past. You know, recent, recently visiting uh, Fiji, for example, there was a huge appetite for a greater Australian engagement, not only from government, but civil society, churches, mm. unions, uh, and media and so forth. So I think the opportunity is there. I think the government's intention is right, but it's about now investing those resources in consultation as well as Australia being uh, primary deliverer of support. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, Patricia. Professor Rory Medcalf is the head of the National Security College at the Australian National University and he's written this uh, new essay in the Australian Foreign Affairs magazine. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.